Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, a.k.a. the Soaring Eagles of Freedom, for Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. My name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. On this podcast, we talk about news, politics, and religious nonsense and give our opinions from from a secular point of view. If you'd like to join in on our conversation, you can sign up on our Patreon page, which will allow you to chat with us directly as we record on Discord Tuesday nights right around 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't do that, you could post something to our Facebook page or tweet at ProfaneArg. This week, we will be talking about... I got a whole ton of religious nonsense, so... Be prepared to comment on religious nonsense. Okay. Okay, let me get that hat on. (laughs) (laughs) But first... Take off my MAGA hat. (laughs) Uh, Follow up on Fort Worth. Uh, Fort Worth Council has decided to vote to update their banner policy. Once again, this was a... It was the Metropolitan Atheist Group in Fort Worth... They wanted to put up banners to advertise. They they have these, you know, the street banners on the sides of the street that the city puts up. Sure. Uh, the Met- Metropolitan Atheist Group uh, wanted to put up banners for an event that they were having, and they were denied. They have since sued the city and have taken to billboards instead. Uh, we talked about this last time. But now <laughs> the city council members have voted to update the street banner policy. So now you can only put up, they're making it so you can only put up banners if the city is co-sponsoring an event, uh, welcome <laughs> messages, or promotion of educational institutions. So no more churches? Prohibition include, but is not limited to, messages with political or religious advertising or mm. banners that would, quote, constitute a hazard to traffic safety. So, um, wait, so can you still do religious shit or not? <laughs> not. No. Not. Oh. Yeah. Yes. No political stuff, no religious stuff, and no full frontal nudity. <laughs> Get behind that. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the wrong direction, but at least it's yeah. fairer. I'm shocked that there's no loophole for churches, but... Mm. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of wondering about the if it's co-sponsored by the city. Yeah, mm. right. Right. It's like it almost sounds too reasonable. Let's keep reading. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's check actually. Back I'm in more in shocked that, that they just didn't burn the whole house down and be like, no banners anywhere in the whole city. <laughs> <laughs> Hesjun Gixson makes a very good point. It won't stop them from getting sued by changing changing it after the fact. They've already they've already done the. The deed, like they've already stopped people from putting banners up, so they're still hmm. being sued. Right. Sure. All this over some atheists putting up some signage. Yep. It's fucking crazy. Basically saying you're not alone if you don't think like they think. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Like seriously, just calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if you're um, rel- if you're rock solid religion is so fragile that one atheist banner is going to collapse the whole system. Right. <laughs> Well, I'm wondering if they feel like if they let the banners through that they're somehow responsible for, you know, possibly turning people away from God. And that's why they don't want it to happen. Uh, the church well, can feel that way. The, the, the government is not allowed to feel that way. <laughs> yeah. And plus, if God doesn't want those banners, he'll just smite them with lightning. Just burn them down. He's all powerful. Right. 
<laughs> he doesn't need your amendments. <laughs> it's awfully weak. Well, go ahead. He's awfully weak for a you know an all powerful god. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He, he always needs us mortals to intervene on his behalf. Well, he, yeah. he used to you know cure plagues and raise people from the dead. And now he can barely show up on toast. Ah, <laughs> uh, the next follow-up I have. There was a settlement. We talked about this group before. The Miracle Meadows Boarding School in West Virginia. Oh. They had lawsuits that alleged that the students were beaten, raped, starved, and held in solitary confinement for months. So, there was a settlement. Mm. The lawyers for the, uh, the, the, the lawsuit have said... That the group has settled for $100 million. They have $100 million, first of all. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They have that kind of cash? Yeah, apparently. Oh, wow. smokes. Is this school owned by some corporation? or? <laughs> mm, kind of. The Seventh-day Adventist Church. Is this a oh. PepsiCo Christian school? Oh, they have to. Yeah, that, no, this is one of those. The Seventh-day, I believe they have to uh, give up like all their wealth to the church. Oh, it's not just a 10% tithing thing? No, it's a, it's a massive tithing. If I, I could be incorrect, but I don't think mm-hmm. I am. Oh, so this this church doesn't need to keep records of what you've been donating, because if you're not living in a shack, <laughs> they, know, <laughs> they know you haven't right. been giving everything? Right. I believe so. I believe they have a very potent grift. Uh, Hesion Gixon said, as, as was said in the Discord previously, like to see criminal charges for this one. Yeah, well, so there was... The school co-founder, Susan Gale Clark, pleaded guilty in 2016 to child neglect charges. Oh, that's she pretty was, weak. She was sentenced to six months in jail and five years probation. Hmm. So technically there were criminal charges, but barely. Especially since they're being accused of, you know, beating, starving, rape. Right. Well, I technically didn't rape the child. I just neglected it, and it got raped. (laughs) I mean, and not to put just, you know, an an extra emphasis on it, but this was not a a regular school. This was just a school for at-risk children and for those with learning disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. It is beyond me what some human beings are capable of. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Jared. Sometimes I think... Man, I've got some dynamite willpower, and then I hear stories like this, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh these people are monsters. Yeah, they like, really like, are. I mean, maybe it's just, I, I don't know, like, you go and you work at a place for at-risk youth, and you're like, this is a perfect opportunity to me to fuck kids and and, neglect, and torture them. This right. is going to be great, and I'll get paid to do it. And people will consider me a, a holy person because I'm taking care of these, you know... Yeah, and, and, I mean, it's not just it's like you care about like the treatment of the elderly at old age homes and shit mm, like yeah. that. And like, what I mean, what is it? Do you just hit a breaking point or do you go in there like with the best of intentions and your humanity gets whittled away over time? Like, I would, <laughs> I, I, you know what? It could be that because I'll tell you, this is, I'll try to make this a quick story, but I, there's a, a place around here in, in town that uh, they take care of head trauma people, most people with traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. And they put them in houses and stuff like that, and then they hire a lot of locals to look after them and stuff like that. And it's generally a good paying job. And if you get the overnight shift, you can just sit there and watch TV and just make sure nobody wanders out of the house or whatever. And I went to go do the job, uh, train for the job, and every person that worked there was a miserable fuck, and mm. they treated the people like assholes. Like, they, like I had to shadow a guy one night, and I'm like, "You are like." horrible like you're just like antagonizing them constantly 
and these are people with brain injuries. Right. And um, wow. and so I worked a couple nights and it was like there's a lot of medical shit you have to do and a lot of these people were also like in wheelchairs and shit. And I at one point I was like, You're all fucking saints. I can't do this job. I'm sorry. And I left. You know, I was like, I can't do this. But these people stayed and like maybe like you just get so frustrated with these people because they you know, they don't listen, you know, because they're they behavioral brain issues. Yeah, it's yeah. Beha- yeah, it's behavioral stuff. Yeah. But it's just crazy. Wow. I, I don't know. I, I think that there, you have to be a special kind of person to take care of people like that. And most people are not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're just there for a paycheck, I guess, you know. Yeah. I thought it was interesting in Discord, people referencing the uh, Stanford prison mm. experiment. Yeah. T- taking perfectly normal people and turning them into monsters in, you know, six easy weeks. <laughs> right. Just by giving them authority over other people. Yeah. Right. Uh, the one note in the article was that local authorities said that they uh, the investigations were hampered because so this is why they didn't file more charges, uh, legal charges or criminal charges. They they were hampered. They said by students who recanted their accusations after returning to their families and by staff members who went overseas and returned home before they could be questioned. Hmm. I find it interesting the ones that returned to their families and then recanted their accusations. I'm assuming their families would be Seventh-day Adventists. Yes. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So they went back home and the parents said, no, you're not going to drag the church into the dirt. Yeah. You can't speak out against the church. What will we do without our church? It's our entire community. Seriously. Have free will and and do whatever you want. If we we had to abuse you ourselves, we'd have no (laughs) free time. (laughs) <laughs> Gotta keep these guys around. Well, you like can't my co- Wednesday bowling night. And you can't cost the church money because then they'll want more of our money. That's not acceptable. <laughs> also, keep in mind these are parents who willingly sent their children there. Uh, so, I don't. Yeah, I'm, just, no, I'm saying, like, if you're, if you're, who knows what kind of behavioral problems these these kids actually have? I mean, remember uh, that kids for cash bullshit that went down here? Oh yeah, yeah, northeastern Pennsylvania. That wasn't a bunch of nonsense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like one of the kids says, like, I threw a piece of steak at my stepfather, and they sent me here <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once they got you in that cash pipeline, that was hard to get back out. Okay, that's all I've got in follow-ups. Uh, let's move on to some news. There is a date set for Trump's election interference case. That's the uh, D.C. one, not the Georgia one. Right. Okay. Just the date keep it up straight. Been, <laughs> the date has been set for March 4th, which Ooh. is interesting because it's oh, right, next year. At, the be- right yeah. at the beginning of the Republican primaries. The day before Super Tuesday, actually. Okay. I think, I mean, the prosecutors were looking for January. Um, the, the defense was looking for 2026. And the judge went, uh, no. <laughs> All but of I hear that they can even still... Slow this down with more motions and and then appeals and all kinds of bullshit. I'm sure they can. Yeah, probably. I, I do find it interesting though that Trump said he was going to appeal the date. It's like it's not a, a, a legal ruling. You can't appeal a, right. A, a court uh, date. That's not a, but he always <laughs> says things that aren't a thing. Right. But yeah, absolutely. I'm going to appeal the date. No, that's not a thing. But hang no. in there, buddy. <laughs> It'll all be over soon. <laughs> oh my god! If only. Yeah, I know. Sorry. When we were, uh, you know torturing at-risk kids a minute ago, I needed to try to lighten it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so as far as these motions and appeals go, I mean, like, I don't know how long that fucking takes, but, like, I imagine, like, it just sits... I mean, who makes that decision? The judge? Yeah. 
I mean, and, and then you just go like, <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. Well, they can appeal any decision, any legal decision that she makes. If she says, no, we're not delaying for whatever, you know, crazy nonsense you come up with, they can appeal that to the district court. Right. And so. then that comes through and they go, no. <laughs> Possibly. Like, yeah. Likely, actually. I mean, she seems determined to get it moving. So I, I can't imagine that um, they're going to be able to push it too much further. Yeah. Just next year. Like, if it slips from March, all right. You know, but April, next May, year. Uh, yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. I heard that Mark Meadows took the stand for five hours today for that must be the Georgia case. Yeah, that's a, right. uh, I thought it was yesterday. Yeah, he's trying to get his case moved to uh, federal court. Federal, yeah. yeah. Which it's interesting because I didn't know that much about this. I've been reading up about it. It doesn't change the 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 law he's being charged with. It just changed the, changes the judge and the jury and the no cameras in the court, and it changes some of the legal processes, but not the law that he's being charged with. So it do, it's not like his charges change because it goes to federal court. I, but I, I thought I, with a, a RICO charge, there were slightly different requirements no, it, on the federal it, level. No, it's the, if you get charged with a federal RICO case, yes, but he's still being charged, even if the court case ah. gets moved to federal court, he's still being charged under Georgia's RICO law. Gotcha. And he also can't be um, – if it does get moved to federal court, he can't be pardoned by the president either. It still has to be in Georgia. I assume that he is the only one of the 19 that can pull this off or they'd all be trying it? I think two others are trying it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's not the only one. He's just got uh, got up there first. I thought it was because of his uh, – the fact that he could be like, well, I was doing my job, which was a right. federal job. <laughs> Right. And that's exactly what his argument is, is that everything right. I was doing was my job. And I think – I haven't read the transcripts or anything because I'm not getting that deep into it. But, I mean, if, if his job as um, was to set up meetings and he just set up meetings, I think he has an argument. But I don't think that's what he did, though. I think he talked about you know the case and, and actually tried to make an argument to the people in Georgia instead of just setting up meetings for the president. Right. I'm surprised he had to testify for this, though. I was like, his choice. Yeah, and they're saying like this could work against him because this is all on the record now. What he, whatever he said. Yep. Well, good luck, Mark. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I'm sure you had the best of intentions working yeah. being Trump's fifth fucking. <laughs> uh, what was his position again? I forget. Chief of staff. Chief, Chief of staff. staff. Yeah. yeah. There is an interesting um, a thought out on the in the places that I was reading that he's actually flipped mm -hmm. in, in federal, and he's um, testifying for. The Department of Justice. That's one of the reasons why he's getting it moved to try to getting it moved to federal because then he can somehow roll that all together. Oh, I mean, it, it, looking at his past, I I would believe that he has flipped. So we'll see. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't mean that he's going to get to change his venue, but no, he has an argument. It's not a particularly strong argument, but it's a low bar, so he might get it. We'll see. Hmm. All right. Uh, moving on to some politics. This is a. Uh, Kind of a small one, but I did find it interesting. The mayor of Spokane, Washington, is being called upon by a group of 28 local faith leaders. They are asking that, that she makes very clear that she renounced Christian nationalism mm -hmm. and white supremacy. They say, we ask that you show with your words and actions as you fully embrace Spokane's adopt, newly adopted slogan, In Spokane We All Belong. Why are they doing that? Because she just attended last Sunday night a Let Us Worship rally 
where she was introduced by a Matt Shea. Matt introduced her starting out to introduce the mayor of the local town. He says, every problem we face in this country, whether it's a bonfire, homosexual marriage, transgender <laughs> issues, whether we're talking about the economy, every single problem in this country has one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. Oh, my. He then led, led into, you know, here's the mayor of the city. What's his problem with bonfires? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's very yeah, strange. The, yeah, it is. It is very strange. So Nadine Woodward is the mayor there, and she attended this. She now later, I don't know, I guess one of her staff said that, look, we only attended this because we were supporting the uh, the, the firemen. Who, there was some fire or something like that weekend. And she said that we were there to support the people, you know, the victims of that. Turns out she was invited and accepted the invitation a week before this this fire or whatever happened. Hmm. Um, so that was complete bullshit. So that's why a bunch of, uh, I find it interesting though, faith leaders, so this is like pastors and the like, are asking her to affirm her separation of church and state. Hmm. Seems like a no-brainer, but I imagine it won't be that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if I do A, everyone's on my side. Definitely going to pick B. Yeah. <laughs> she was also on stage with and praised by Sean Foyt, I believe is how you pronounce the name. It looks like fucked, but I'm pretty sure that's not <laughs> how you pronounce it. We've run into that name before, haven't we? Probably. I didn't remember it, but that, you know, that doesn't mean much. So Sean, as it turns out. Uh, he's got his own webpage. He is self-described as a missionary, musician, activist, author, and speaker. So, you know, he just goes out and talks about Christianity, specifically Christian nationalism, and he hangs out with white supremacists. I thought he was linked to Marjorie Taylor Greene for a while. I'm sure he wanted to be. <laughs> Would be if he could. I, I don't know, probably. Uh, one of the things in his bio that I found kind of sick is his four children. Their names. The first one, I don't, I don't know what it is. The first one, the eldest is Katura. I don't know what that is. But the other three are named Malachi, Ezra, and Zion. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> he's he's all in on the whole Christianity thing. <laughs> Zion. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Why would you name your kid Zion? I don't know. <laughs> so he can turn out to be the last human settlement? <laughs> Closer to Earth where it's still warm. Yeah. Uh, Matt Shea responded um, because, uh, yeah, Shea went on to Twitter to contradict the mayor's claims. When the mayor claimed that she wasn't there to promote Christianity, she was just there to support victims of this event. Matt Shea then went on Twitter and said, this is an annual event. It was planned months ago to worship Jesus. It's not for fire victims, in quotes. Uh, she was invited and accepted before the fires. Uh, we, of course, wanted to pray last night for those who have lost everything, blah, blah, blah. Playing, praying for leaders, especially during a crisis, isn't political, it's biblical. She is the one that has politicized what everyone knows was a worship event. We are praying for Nadine. <laughs> wow. <sighs> so this is why the faith leaders are like, hey, you want to distance yourself from this a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're walking into crazy people town. You may want to back out. But I don't think she is 
said anything since then. Uh, according to the article, one of the people said, uh, silence is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Which, in this case, I think is is true for her. I think she wanted to quietly attend this and get all the Christians behind her. And uh, I think it might be backfiring. She, she should actually she should actually go talk to some actual Christians then. <laughs> hmm. I feel like it's, Washington is a pretty liberal state, isn't it? Generally. Yeah. Maybe not in the interior so much, but definitely West Coast. I mean, I do, yeah, I, I imagine most of my opinion of Washington comes from the cities. the cities there. Right. So, yeah, you go into rural Washington, I imagine it's a different story. That's right, because I Too close to Idaho. <laughs> I was showing houses to that guy from Seattle, Washington, and he started singing this song about how he hates liberals to me. A song mm. that he made up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, literal song. I didn't tell you about that? No, that's very embarrassing. Yeah, he started, uh, he's like, let me, he's just complaining about him, and I usually, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, 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 and he goes, I wrote a song about him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, let me sing it, it's in the tune of blank, and I'm like, what? And then he started singing, and I was like, oh, kill me, I almost jumped out of the car, and I was driving. (laughs) (laughs) All right, while we're on politics, let's talk about the debate. You. The uh, Republican debate. Which was what, the top? First of many shit shows coming down. <laughs> yeah. What was it? The top eight GOP yes. people who got a certain number of donations? Is that what the, what the requirement was? I know there you, were a you couple. Signature, you needed signatures. Okay. There were a couple of people who didn't get the requirements. Yeah, because yeah. Ian, Ian's boy, Doug Burgum, made it with uh, his yes. $20 gift cards. <laughs> right. And uh, wow, what a waste of time. <laughs> for that guy, he, he might as well not have been there. Did he get was, to answer any questions? I mean, he occasionally they went to him, they asked him a question, and he had a canned response to some bullshit. Yeah. But I mean, the show was definitely DeSantis, Chris Christie, and Vivek Ramaswamy, and occasionally Mike. I mean, apparently Mike Pence spoke the most, but hmm. you wouldn't know it by watching, huh? Because <laughs> I heard that Chris Christie spoke the most. Oh, really? I heard that. Uh, Pence had the most time. But actually, I wouldn't say Christie spoke that much, but... Huh. It was just full of zingers, I'm sure, because that's what he does. No! Christie... Really? I'll be quite honest with you. Christie came off the most genuine... Hmm. I mean, listen, and don't get me wrong, I'm not... And Nikki Haley came off not so bad either. Hmm. <laughs> like, not... I mean, amongst... You know, that's like being valedictorian <laughs> of summer school, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was bad all around, but like... Nobody was worse than DeSantis on the canned responses. He is not oh. human. Yeah, he's <laughs> in full automaton. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Like, I was <laughs> like, have you ever met another human being? Or <laughs> <laughs> The main thing that I wanted to bring up was when all of them were asked, raise their hand if they think that they would still support Donald Trump as the nominee, if he wins the nomination and he is convicted of, I don't know, any of these indictments. So if he's a convicted felon, would you still vote for him if he's the nominee? And six of the eight people raised their hands. Okay, now it didn't go down exactly like that. Hmm. So first of all, Vivek Ramaswamy's hand went up first. Yeah. because, Because he's a piece of shit. And then I believe Nikki Haley, and then you look over, and I, I believe maybe one of Doug Burgum's hand went up. 
And then you, if you look closely, you can see the Santas kind of look around to see right. who, if anybody put their hand up. <laughs> and then he puts his hand up, right? Um, was that a, then, I wasn't paying attention, but I'm going to follow the crowd. No, because it was very, <laughs> it was very quick. It was very, very quick. And then I believe, and I cannot believe this, then fucking Mike Pence's hand went up, and then Jesus. it kind, and then it kind of looks like. Chris Christie puts his hand up, but he was like, no, 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 I want to say something. He's like, I'm not putting my hand up. And then uh, Asa Hutchinson, who was the only other anti-Trump person there, was like, didn't raise his hand. So it was really kind of wacky the way it went down. Peer pressure really got to some of them. Weird clown show. Mm. But again, like, Mike Pence, I don't know what is wrong with you, dude. (laughs) This is such an easy get for you to do, but he keeps fucking it up. But go on, Ray. Did you have something to say about this, or? Well, no. It was just that uh, Asa Hutchinson and and Chris Christie were, from my understanding, were the only two that did not raise their hands. Eventually, like you said, there was one that was immediate. Then there were a few, and then there were a few trickles. <laughs> yeah, and and some confusion on the Mike Pence one, <laughs> or, or the I'm sorry, the uh, Chris Christie one. Right, right. But uh, I find it amazing that you would say. I'll vote for somebody who is a proven criminal. I mean, I'll vote for somebody whose followers tried to kill me. Hmm. What? I know. And then, you know, they also asked the question of, did Mike Pence do the right thing? <laughs> and there was a How lot of- How did Pence side on this? There was a lot of wobbling <laughs> on that. Wow. Like, obviously, Mike Pence was, you know, this was, I can't remember if this was before or after he had to raise his hand, but was like, I, I upheld the Constitution- there was a proudest moment of my life and this and that. And, and yes, I would vote for Donald Trump, whose supporters want to hang me. <laughs> right. But, like, they posed a question to DeSantis, and he's like, he couldn't even answer it. He was like, hey, you know, I got no problem with Mike. He did what he had to do and, you know, whatever. And, uh, you're like, really? Like, this is hard? Like, Chris Christie was only like, Mike, you did the right thing. I applaud you. And it, <laughs> it, it is just it, some of the things that come out of these people's mouths. <laughs> Did, I'm surprised you didn't uh, you didn't latch on to uh, my uh, DeSantis's comment about the lady who was aborted and left on a pan <laughs> and somehow survived because a nurse took pity on her. What? what? I never heard this. I yeah. am telling you, unless I misread this fucking quote. No, this no, this is a story he told. Okay, this did happen about how he, a woman that he met was aborted at nine months and left on a pan. And some nurse took pity on her and somehow snatched her from the pan and, and I don't know, so let her survive. Saved her somehow? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was not crazy when I heard no, this. No, he it was a really weird story and uh, it was not really, I mean, it was, I'd have to read more into it. I think I read today that it had nothing, it was not a medical procedure. It was an abortion that was performed like coat hanger style in a back alley oh, except geez. on a full term ch- I don't know it was it's a really gross sketchy story but it had <sighs> it is you know he has obviously twisted it to where it is not entirely accurate either I don't yeah. know I just I, yeah sorry DeSantis super weird despite that nonsense this is the mystery that I cannot unravel because I've been just constantly you know for years now the why Donald Trump with the exception of Vivek, everyone else on that stage would make a better president than Donald Trump. And all hmm. these millions of people just glom on to this 
just bloated game show host sack of shit that has zero, despite what people say, he does not have charisma. He's just dumb and loud. That's yeah, but, not charisma. But they think they find him funny, though. They love it when he fucking says dumb shit. Jesus That's it. Christmas. It's it's wrestling to them. They just love <laughs> it. They don't I mean, give a fuck about policy. These people barely ever talk about policy. I think there's also a contingent of them that are that treat him as a messiah. He he is a um godlike that to is, them. He that is, is weird and gross. I don't yeah. like to hear that. <laughs> well, he has he has replaced um, church for a lot of these people. A lot of these people have been told by their pastors that they're going too far. That they need to look back to the to to the book, and they're like, nah, no. No, Donald's got it. He's 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 right. You're 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 wrong. You're behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> you're not hip like right. this eighty year old man. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, a lot of people are saying, which I uh, I I disagree. They're like, oh, he was Trump was very smart for not going to this debate, and uh, I'm like, I'm like, I guess that's true to some extent, but I would have loved to have seen these people try to twist in the wind to shit on Trump and support him at the same time. <laughs> like, because it is, because the the people, and again, a lot of people are saying too that the audience was kind of stacked with more donors than actual voters. Mm. Because they would like clap for Mike Pence doing the right thing with the Constitution and cheering and then seconds later when somebody says something despairing about Trump they were booing. So it, it really makes no sense, but to like, it's crazy the shit that they have to do. The flip-flops with this, with defending and shitting on him. Also, they also <laughs> acted like he was dead. Mm. Like, what are you all, you're all running for second place. Like, you got to shit on the guy who's 30 points ahead of you. It's unbelievable. Can you imagine being so confident that you don't need to show up to the debates? <laughs> I, I am so sure I'm going to win. I have better things to do. And by better, I mean more pressing things to do, like f four indictments. Yeah. In the four indictments, 90-some-odd charges. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. I mean, I, I, it, I'm i surprised that it didn't go, because it was, a, it was an opportunity to stand center stage for, you know, an hour and a half and have people fawn all over him. So but it's that, interesting to me that he didn't do it. But in a debate, you have to let other people talk. He doesn't like that. True. Well, these debate. first of all, the Fox hosts were like, barely, had barely any control over what was going on. Mm. They had a bell that they supposedly would ring. To let you know to stop. I think I heard it three times the whole fucking, <laughs> the whole time it was going. Everybody was just yelling and screaming and, and this and that. And it seemed like most of them were just attacking uh, Ramaswamy and hmm. nobody else. Interesting. Which was a weird, again, I don't know. I mean, I don't, know, kinda, I don't know what it, any of them are fucking thinking. <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes with the GOP brand at that point. <laughs> it was this, you know, non-white person upstart. I, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's just baffling to me. <laughs> nobody had really at nobody attacked DeSantis except for maybe like uh, Vivek, like once or twice, if that. He did more. He did more attacking like on Chris Christie and shit. I don't think I don't think anybody considers uh, DeSantis a threat anymore. I mean, he's still he's number two, but dropping. <laughs> he is number two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, and that's the other thing too. It's like if you were actually legitimately want to be president, which I guess is, I mean, like, and De DeSantis is not running for VP because no way Trump no. would ever take him as VP. So no. he actually probably wants to win. Have you been paying attention to the past eight years at all in your party? <laughs> Canned 
boring-ass white man political responses to questions are not what is going to excite the people who want to vote for Trump. Like, no, he's no, there's, you, you got to have pizzazz. He's got zero pizzazz. I'm putting it out there right now. I'm lowering my fee to $75,000 a year. <laughs> I will work on your campaign and tell you what to do. It you used to be 100, I will, dro- I will drop it because that's not going to work. Talk about Chris Christie's weight. Talk about the fact that Vivek Ramaswamy's brown. These mm. are the things that are going to get you votes. Yeah. <laughs> and that party, you'll lose the general, but I, I don't know what, what else to tell you. <laughs> Did you see that? move by Vivek when he, like, uh, I tweeted out, like, a big tweet that said it was a very polite way of reminding everybody that Nikki Haley is not white. Mm. But she looks white, so she gets away yeah, with it. Yeah, but that, I know, that's why he that's why he calls her by her, her birth name. Mm. Which is what? It's like, uh, I'll have to Google it. It's like, it's like... She's half Nam- Indian, Nam- right? Nam- Namorta? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, is she? so she's like Ted Cruz, whose real name is Raphael? <laughs> yes. yes. Which Nikki I is not her real reminded, name. Which I was yeah. reminded of tonight. Apparently her real name is Namarata Nikki Randhawa Haley. Right. Get the fuck out of here. I thought she was white. Nope. Wow. Nikki Haley making some interesting abortion stuff on the debate stage, though. Really? Yeah, she was, I mean, she was kind of like, look, it's a moot point to even talk about because there's no way we'll ever get enough votes in the Senate to... To pass anything, so why don't we just make it leave it up to the woman? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which is basically what she said. But then again, other people were like, "Well, that's fucking nuts." Because if the Republicans ever get a hold of the Senate again, they're gonna fucking nix that fucking filibuster in two seconds and pass a fucking ban on you know on abortion. So, but she was like being like very like leaving between a woman and her doctor. This is ridiculous to even have this conversation hmm. because we don't have the votes. <laughs> I mean, she's she's actually on the right side of public opinion, so okay. <laughs> yeah, what does she what does she have? Three percent of the vote. They're all single digits except for DeSantis. Yeah. True. The one oh, thing yeah. Hypatia pointed this out, and I had heard this before. Tr- the one thing out of the debate is apparently Trump's polling numbers slipped like six points after the debate. So yeah, because I'm willing to bet that most people who would vote for Trump didn't know about him not going to the debate because mm. they don't pay attention to this type of shit, didn't see him there, right? and probably thinks he's not running. Or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's because they don't follow this shit. They're not dialed into it like we are. Sure. You know, so they're just like, oh, oh. And they didn't really talk about him that much. Which they're is prob- weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, Fox is not a big fan of him. They probably just didn't want to give him any fucking air. Sure, that all. makes sense. Well, especially yeah. since he was doing a competing show. Well, Ex- I use yeah. air, air quotes, competing mm. show, but... <laughs> Competed in no way whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. not by the fake numbers that Zitter fucking... Uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what did he get? Um, that About the same number of people that live in this country watched his... He Tucker said it was 200 million, <laughs> and then later he said 230 million, mm. which is, yeah, that's two-thirds of the population of the country. Yeah, no... Buddy, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, though, let's uh, let's move on to this week's. Uh oh. Profiles in sedition. So this week we've got Jeffrey Clark, and oh. I. When Karen said, "Hey, I got the the profile done with this week," this week I'm like, "Who is it?" And she told me, and I'm like, "Fuck, who's Jeffrey Clark again?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Jeffrey Clark was a member of uh, Trump's Department of Justice. So let's start. Um, born in 1967 in Philadelphia, Bachelor of Arts from Harvard, Masters from University of Delaware, and a JD from Georgetown. He was a lawyer for Kirkland and Ellis from 1996 to 2018, with a break from 2001 to 2005 when he served George W. as the Deputy Assistant Attorney General for the Environment and Natural Resources Division. After that, he went back to the private practice, and he was part of the team representing BP in lawsuits related to the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. So George W. put somebody who is an anti-environmental lawyer in charge of the Department, the Department of Energy and Environmental and Natural Resources Division of the Department of Justice. Sure. That so like he was a already, move, but W. Exactly. was there first. W. was right. there first. He is a member of the Federalist Society. No big surprise there. No. Um, Fast forward to 2018, he went back to the Department of Justice as the Assistant Attorney General for the Department for the Environment and Natural Resources Division. He dropped the deputy from his title. He just became the Assistant Attorney General. So he was in charge of that division under Trump. Um, In 2020, as people started leaving the Department of Justice, he was also appointed acting head of the Department of Justice Civil Civil Division, where he attempted to include the government in lawsuits concerning Trump by, like, E. Jean Carroll and other people. He tried to say that um, the Department of Justice would be defending the president. He failed. Oh, I remember that move. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't work out. Um, In in 2021... At, you know, towards the end of the presidency and the turnover, he attempted to use the Department of Justice to intimidate Georgia officials using a draft letter saying that the DOJ was investigating irregularities in Georgia. So that was his crime. Oh. Um, his boss, um, Jeffrey Rosen, who was at the time the acting attorney general, refused to sign the letter and it was never sent. Trump, I think, actually put Jeffrey Clark in as the acting attorney general for a short period of time. But um, when the rest of the Department of Justice senior leadership said, no, 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 if you do that, we're going to all quit, he backed away. So it was like a razor thin close to him being actually acting attorney general during the whole uprising. Um, That was part of their their stage coup was put this guy in as the attorney general. Right. Yes. Okay. So he was supposed to be the attorney general and, you know, get everything to fall to, to... fall into place in all these states and it didn't go forward because the rest of the DOJ said no we will all resign we'll go public you can't do that so he is unindicted co-conspirator number four in the federal case against uh, the former guy and he is indicted in the Georgia case he is also facing disciplinary hearings in the DC bar that could strip him of his license to practice law and that case recently became unstuck and is in motion again in Georgia, he's charged with the one RICO and a charge of criminal attempt to commit false statements and writings for the for the letter that didn't get sent, but would have been sent and was ready to go if it bo- if his boss had signed off on it. That is Jeffrey Clark and what he did. Hmm. hmm. Upstanding American. A lot of criminals to keep track of. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's 19 of them or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the one. These are all the unindicted co-conspirators on the uh, January 6th DC case. We haven't got to the Georgia case yet with the 19 oh, that, people. jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, some of them will be th- – there's some repeats in there. And, <laughs> like and there is, yeah, like this guy. Um, and there are some that will be grouped together when we get to that case. But, you know, in the meantime – It's like a Marvel movie with characters intertwining different <laughs> – Right, exactly. <laughs> yep. Really but is. If I remember correctly, this guy just looks like a doughboy. Like, he just looks yeah. like a, a total toady, <laughs> which I, I think fits. 
Yeah. And I think that that's why he flies under the radar. He, yeah, exactly. Grinch, he's a schlub. Yeah, he's just some dude <laughs> crank, turning the crank in the Department of Justice. And he had his moment in the sun and whew, did not go well. <laughs> his moment in the sun might land him in jail. Yeah. All right. So there you go. That's this week's profile. <laughs> love so, him. Sorry? <laughs> said I love him. Uh, so let's move on to religious nonsense. Um, I'm curious if this is going to get any traction. Massachusetts. Different cities and towns in Massachusetts have spent millions in dollars restoring historic sites, which I get. You know, the towns have these historic sites and they want to preserve them. They want to keep them as like, I totally get that. And I, I don't mind visiting some of them going in and seeing, oh, look at this is exact same as it was 200 years ago, because that's how old the country is. So you can't get much older than that, really. If you want to see real history, you have to go to Europe. But I, I totally get the restoring his historic sites. However, there is a movement because they have been restoring a whole bunch of historic religious sites, including churches. Hmm. Some of these churches aren't just historic. They are active. And there's money being spent to restore active churches. Ha! That's problematic. Uh, so I'm kind of torn on this because a historic active site... churches? <laughs> What's that? They're active, you said. Yes. Hmm. But they're also 150-year-old buildings right, right. and then are mm. they aren't all i think most of them are actual just historic churches that are, are being preserved i mean you know it runs the gambit right as to where sure. they're spending the money but there's a there's a group that's like you can't do this to restore churches like you can, that's a clear violation of church and state you're using taxpayer money to refurbish churches yeah, that seems problematic. I mean, I could see a case for like, you know, the Washington Cathedral. It has a historic significance to it. Uh, events happen there that are other than just church events. But even that, I'm not sure about. Huh. Uh, I'm just going to go with no. Slippery slope. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Karen has ruled. Ian, Jared, any opinion on that? Uh, I think, yeah, I, I would I would say... Uh, Sorry, the more I dive into it, the less I care. Dude, that like, was I'm exactly like, <laughs> my response. I was like, honestly, I just don't give a shit. Yeah, like, I, and, well, but like, just because they're active doesn't mean they're not historic. Right. Because they're active, now you've got, uh, you know, a, a gray area that you shouldn't be involved in to begin with. So let's just avoid the whole hornet's nest altogether and wait for it to stop. And yeah. then you can give it money. I mean, one of the buildings, uh, they spent $51,000 to restore and preserve the main church building's stained glass windows. Mm. That seems, mm. yeah, no. Yeah. See, but I love stained glass. It's yeah, really so pretty. <laughs> See, here's, I mean, here's the- my problem is I, I understand keeping historic sites. And mm. in this country, churches are historic sites. I mean, Sometimes. the Christian religion is woven throughout the history of this nation. I don't believe that the founding fathers were, you know, all about putting Christianity in charge. But at the same time, there were a ton of people who were Christian and they are part of the history of this country. So, yeah, I'm torn. I'm still torn. 
Well, I, I think there are better uses for the money. I mean, why not put the money into into the Medicare? Put the money well, into SNAP. Put the put the money into you know. Yes, uh, I mean that's a big, that's lunches. a much bigger that's a bigger argument to be like, what is our obsession with fucking buildings? Sure, you know, like <laughs> there's pe- you know there, there's plenty of things you could be doing with that better than restoring a building. But and then, you know, I also do understand that, but I don't know the human condition and our obsession with architecture and mm. keeping it the same, but. Mm. I was really hoping when you said Massachusetts and brought this up that you were going to be like restoring like old witching dunking booths and shit like that. <laughs> and like witches were to be bitching about it. I thought that's where you were going to go. So Not maybe quite. that would that added to my indifference on the story. <laughs> Although, I mean, that could be part of this. We're talking about religious places and places of historical significance. It could easily be that witches were burned outside of some of these churches. That's true. When Hypatia makes a good point, the European tourism thrives on historical churches, and that's true. I mean, so there is a, you know, bring money to the to the local town with the, the famous churches thing. So, I mean, you do get some payback if it's a public building. I don't know. It seems, yeah, it's, it's just a slippery slope. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess in that regards, too, because then somebody could use this as presidents for getting, like, you know, like, a new playground at their <laughs> school. Foot in the door, yeah. Yeah, with, <laughs> you know, rubber tires and all that bullshit, so. Mm-hmm. You know what? Fuck it. You, you swung me? Fuck it. Nix it. I don't <laughs> like it now. Fuck all the buildings. Just knock them all down and put up better, cheaper ones. <laughs> well, if you if you want to turn your, turn your church over to the town so that the town owns it and can charge, you know, admittance and can make money off of it, fine. But you don't own it anymore if the government's putting money in it. I kind of like that. Mm. If this if this is being restored as historic property, it becomes property of the of the local government and it becomes a historic site that can be visited by whoever and yeah. You can use it on Sundays and it's taxed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but, you, I mean, you can still use it on Sundays for your service. That's not a problem. And we'll even, you know, we'll close it down so that it's not, you know, that you don't have tourists walking in on Sundays during during your services. That's actually what they do in England, and it actually works out pretty well. <laughs> All right. I just thought that was an interesting uh, conundrum. Hmm. No, fuck it. Knock, every, knock the fucking goddamn owl down. <laughs> Piece of shit. What's it doing for anybody? Nothing. We've got pictures. Yeah. All right. Hey, over in San Francisco, let's go to the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco Roman Catholic Archdiocese has filed bankruptcy on Monday, becoming the third Bay Area diocese to do this this year. <laughs> the filing is necessary to manage more than 500 lawsuits alleging child sexual abuse by church officials. Wow. So, it, yeah, it's just another diocese, again, filing bankruptcy because... They raped too many children. Oh, God, when you put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, even before you put it that way, I'm like, so why is anybody surprised that they're committing financial crimes as well? Yeah, that's true. Mild. (laughs) Have you sold off all of your golden things first? (laughs) Let's talk about that. Yeah, I don't know how many Catholic churches you guys have gone to, but even the poor ones aren't poor. No, they're not. And they can. So you can... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can rape kids and file bankruptcy to get away with it, but you can't file bankruptcy to get out of your student loan. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Nope. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's disgusting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Well, one involves pulling yourself up by bootstraps, and the other one involves God. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's your answer. <laughs> yeah. While we're on the Catholics, Pope <laughs> Frank, uh, he had a, he gave like a little speech. Where was this at? This was, uh, he was giving, uh, it was in comments that he made on August 5th in a meeting in Lisbon with members of the Jesuit order, of which he is a member, uh, during his trip for World Youth Day. He lamented what he called a reactionary Catholic church in the United States. He said that things in the U.S. are, are becoming political ideology, and that has replaced faith in some cases. So <laughs> he's basically saying, hey, the church in the U.S., you're becoming way too political. You should uh, go back to your religious teaching instead this of... Is dawning on him now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What he does not understand is that the people that have already made that flip are only going to go hard against him. They're not turning back to him. Yeah, they also have no problem turning on the Pope if they don't like what he says. Yeah. yeah. No problem. <laughs> Who's this unelected Pope? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't vote for him. Uh, actually, he is elected, but... <laughs> not, not by, by, them, by the though. people. Not by the people. <laughs> by the elite. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you stay in your lane, Pope? The, yeah. the elite child rapists. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, at some point, somebody's going to ask me... You know, aren't you going a little far with that? And I'm going to say, didn't they go a little far? Yeah. Whoa. Exactly like uh, Stephen Fry said when he was asked that, when he was railing on the Catholic Church. Didn't the Jesuits just get kicked out of a country? Was this is Nicaragua? true. Actually, yeah, I thought that was in my list somewhere. Yeah, the Nicaragua has cancels the legal status of the Catholic Jesuit order. They say, you no longer practice in our country. Huh, I thought that was in my list, but apparently it's not. I, I mean, read that earlier. <laughs> we haven't actually, you know, heard much from Nicaragua recently, but I mean, it's Daniel Ortega. It's a, that's a known name. Yeah, so there were, the, the Jesuits run a few colleges, or at least they ran one major college, and there was some protests against the, uh, the government, and hmm. the government then shut down the college, and now they're evicting the Jesuits from the country. And seizing all of the assets of the university and the church. Yeah. Huh. I, I, strangely, I think I'm on the side of the church in this case, but yeah. that's, that, that's not normal for me. <laughs> that is very true. Oh, wait. The, Joshua says because they were laundering money? Really? Well, see, I now I don't know who. Who was <laughs> laundering money? Because I believe the government and I believe the church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all allegedly. Yes. Does the church even need to launder money? No, <laughs> just yeah, shovel yeah. it in. <laughs> yeah, just do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> right, Don't know what to follow up. <laughs> while we are on overseas faith, let's talk about Malawi's faith healers. Uh-oh. Uh, for 30 years, Malawi has had one of the highest prevalence rates for HIV in the world. The vast majority of those affected receive an antiretroviral therapy the most effective treatment for HIV. But in recent years, a growing number of HIV-positive Malawians... I'm glad they put that in here because I would have no idea what, what you would call somebody from Malawi. Um, but they've reportedly been abandoning their belief in doctors in favor of prayer thanks to the new Pentecostal church leaders claiming to specialize in faith healing. Just like that, huh? Just <laughs> We have the worst cases of HIV... Thanks, Pentecostal Church. You're mm. going to make it way 
way worse. In some cases, members who seek outside treatment are excommunicated from their congregations, which, as we all know... Really? And, you know, that that's a huge reason to not leave the church, or to not, you know, to do what the church says. Wow. So, yeah. So, HIV so you becoming get excommunicated for going to a doctor? Yeah. To save wow. your own life, yeah. Or just for using the, the the medicine that's recommended that will keep your the HIV under control, and yeah, you, you use that medicine, you're not trusting in God, so you're excommunicated, your family's still in the church, but they're not allowed to talk to you, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. There seems to be a – I mean, I think we've talked about it before. I don't understand why the fundamentalist Christians are attacking Africa in particular and trying to kill them. <laughs> I don't know. Take their stuff? <laughs> I guess. They're black? Yeah. <laughs> well, for, Both seem plausible. <laughs> yeah. For a long time, I mean, even in my little church, we were told repeatedly that Africa was where missionaries were sent because that's where the – greatest majority of people who've never heard the word of Jesus. So it was always a target for missionaries. Like that's, you know, missionaries would come in asking for money. They were always going to Africa and the, the, the plates would just fill up. Hmm. Weird. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't understand proselytizing to begin with, but it's very odd. Uh, let's move up to Denmark. No. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I want to move to Denmark. The taxes are a little high. Um, yeah, but the services are good. But yeah, yeah, but then they're tr incredible. Try to buy yeah. a car. <laughs> um, in any case, Denmark has the government there has. Well, they're almost ready to criminalize improper treatment of objects of significant religious importance. So, very specifically. They say that we've recently seen many Quran burnings in Denmark. These insult and disparaging actions negatively impact the security of Danes, both abroad and at home. Therefore, the government is being presented a bill in which will criminalize this type of behavior, basically saying that this will increase Denmark's ability to do trade with other countries, especially Muslim-majority countries, Etc. Etc. So they made it general. So it's not burning a Quran is illegal. It's improper treatment of significant religious objects. So it'll be Bibles, Korans, etc. Etc. I mean, yes. this isn't just a reaction to the negative press they've been getting recently about the Quran burnings in Denmark. No, it's also to the Quran burnings in Sweden. Right. Sure. Yeah. So hmm. Scandinavia is on a Quran burning spree and. They are afraid of terrorist backlash. And by terrorist, I mean, I don't know, someone willing to kill over. The I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't want to say that, you know, I'm obviously not trying to imply that if you're a Muslim, you're a terrorist. Right. But I am trying to highlight the fact that it's not a fringe belief. It is a core tenet of the religion that says, go murder these people for what they did. It's right there in the Quran that they're burning. Right. So... Yeah, the government's like, hey. Let's capitulate to the people bad, who do violence. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of violent backlash for this. Can you find a different way to protest? <laughs> so, unfortunately, what it is is the government giving in to the people yeah. who are the most violent. Absolutely. It's a total disappointment. I understand it, mm -hmm. but boy, it sucks. Yeah. Ian Joshua wants me to clip you saying, if you're a Muslim, you're a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> 
leave <laughs> off the I'm not saying part. Right. I mean, they are, they are kind of being upfront about it. I mean, the Quran burnings in Denmark have reached a level where Denmark in large parts of the world is seen as a country that supports the insult and denigration of other countries and religions. It creates division, taking responsibility in a difficult and unsafe situation. <clears throat> okay. If we let people protest the way that they want, you get mad and threaten our people and our commerce. So we'll capitulate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're trying to save lives, I kind of understand, but also, damn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Taking away people's freedom to protest in order to stay safer. Yeah. I get it. And it, it seems wrong, but I get it. I'm with you. And I wholeheartedly love violence. <laughs> like, I consume it in so many forms, whether it be taken in Equalizer movies, whether it be the NFL, whether it be the UFC, whether it's Power Slap League. I don't care. As long as people are getting injured, if it's videos on YouTube of people slipping on the ice, I mean, it's awesome. Ian but, loves a yeah, good kick to the balls. <laughs> What's that? I said Ian loves a good kick to the balls. <laughs> oh, that's a little too classic for me. Uh, I more I more enjoy uh, a bully picking on a little kid, and then the little kid just wrecks him. Oh, yeah, oh. those are great. Those <laughs> are fucking great. I'm playing them in my head right now. But anyway, my point was, even I can recognize that this level of, you know, dominance through threat of violence is disgustingly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's sad that, that the uh, the options seem to be give in or fight back, and uh, most people are like, nah, I don't want to escalate. Well, I think... Because par- we, the U.S. has proven that's a war you cannot win. Right. But yeah. I think it's also part of the problem is, is like, if it was just like, if you're going to burn a Koran, then you're going to get targeted. But they just won't, it just won't be you. Right. Right. That's they'll, the problem. They'll target other people. You know, Any and, Dane. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. So What's any 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 Dane is guilty, but any Muslim is not guilty. Right. Okay, yeah. All right. I think that's but, a good, and again, but good point. It, to... Again, it it fluctuates. Mm. Sometimes any Muslim is guilty, especially in this country. Well, true. Sometimes you're an Asian person. You're walking down the street and you get punched in the back of the head. Why? Because you're an Asian person. Who knows? Yeah. Because of COVID. COVID. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Because we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe that's the lesson we should take from this, because there are way too many idiots in this world. Yeah. <laughs> like an alarming number of idiots. <laughs> like, even when 9-11 happened, and all of a sudden, Muslim hate crimes were on the on the uptick. Mm. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, why would you jump to the conclusion to just go after every Muslim person? <laughs> like, it makes no fucking sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> And then, like, to go after Asian people over COVID? Oh, it's an ex- I mean, that's all of that is just an excuse to go after the other. I guess you're right. It probably, you're right. It's not that they're making that leap. They're just like, hey, here's an opportunity to fucking punch an Asian person. Cause right. I'll, I'll less likely. Hate, I'll, it's I hate less other like, people. Yeah. It's less likely I'll get in trouble at the moment. So. All right. Sorry, I'm trying to participate in Discord and here. <laughs> all right. I've got a couple more religious nonsense things that I want to run through real quick. This was in Maryland. Maryland District Court has made a ruling that religious or parental rights are not violated by school classroom discussion of LGBTQ-themed books. There was a lawsuit that was against uh, like a school district, public schools, because they the parents claimed 
that the books that they were being read in school violated the parents' sincerely held religious beliefs because they were about LGBTQ people. And the court basically said that that's not the case, that based on the evidence, the discussion would focus on the characters of the book, not on the students. Therefore, we're not violating your private lives. You're not, we're not violating your, uh, your beliefs. Mm. So, yay. And this seems like the end of the road. Like, I don't think there's any more appeals available for this. So, oh, no. In a press release on the decision, the Beckett Fund announced that the case will be appealed to the Fourth Circuit. Oh, they added that. To... They added yeah. that after I read this. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Ray, what country do you think you live in? Yeah, no, there's always <laughs> the arguments never end. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I don't see how they have any ground, but you know, what's new? I don't see why they. F- I don't know. Am, am I going to ask the same question every every Tuesday night? <laughs> why do you care about this? Because <laughs> clearly, when you read a book that has LGBTQ characters in it, you're trying to indoctrinate children. Ugh. Yes, that's every that's our argument. Every young child is sitting on a fence, <laughs> and a light breeze can push them over to hetero or homosexual at any minute. <laughs> I hate having that argument. It's like, when did you decide that you were going to be heterosexual? What age were you when you made that conscious decision? <laughs> when I saw Conan the Barbarian and I saw a naked lady and I was like, that's for me, Karen. <laughs> so you made it the decision because you looked at Conan yes. and went, well, he's I really I looked at hot. Conan too because he was like oiled up and muscular and I was like, ooh, I don't know. And then I saw some boobies and I was like. Uh, I think I like the boobies. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'll go with that one. I flipped a coin. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Yes. <laughs> Sadly enough, I think this case actually might not get the same traction because the complainants are not Christian fundamentalists. I thought you were going to say, sadly enough, Ian's life was shaped in the same way by 80s cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Except it was Revenge of the Nerds and not Conan. <laughs> All right, the last religious nonsense. Back to Texas. Wait a minute. I, I'm, st- I'm still not done. Okay. <laughs> are these people under the impression that, like, homosexuality is just bubbling up in every person at any at any given time and that you need to constantly, on a daily basis, repress it? Yes. Because of because of God. Now, yes. so well, they think that you can actually change. The, they think that um, if an LGBTQ person had gotten to you before you watched Conan the movie, and you know convinced <laughs> you that that Conan actually is what you want, that you right. were actually swayable at that moment in time. And during that pitch, they said, "Let me tell you something. Now you won't get any boobies, but what we will get is decades of abuse." Mm. And mistreatment and marginalization, violence Mm -hmm. and ostracization from your family. It is worth it, Jared. Come on (laughs) over (laughs) where the water is perfect. And then my other option is is if I go down this religious route, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm straight. I cannot look at pornography. I'm not allowed to masturbate. And I'm really only allowed to have sex to procreate, right? Correct. Okay. All these options suck. But, like, are they, I mean, are they thinking, like, even now, like, at my age of 48, like, if I'm inundated with enough homosexual stuff that I could still turn, because we're all 
homosexual underneath, inside. <laughs> I mean, it, we just, it's usually very youth-targeted. But they can, okay, so so when I hit eighteen, that that goes away. It doesn't go away, no, because they can actually. Oh. I mean, there are lots of repressed homosexuals in this world. Most of them are Republicans. <laughs> that at some point, some of them actually break out and go, "Nope, you know what? All of this has been a lie. I renounce the church. I am actually gay. I have been gay all my life. Sorry, wife." <laughs> well, no, I'm just curious when the when the cutoff is is like when can I when can I consume some homosexual material. <laughs> When I've had enough heteros, like when have I had eighteen years of heterosexual uh, movies and TVs and books and music shoved down my throat that I can that I'm completely walled off against this well, crazy homosexual shit that I can you know consume it and not have to worry. See, that's the thing. I think that I think that it's a little bit different. I don't think that they're scared about you being turned gay or their kids being turned gay. I think it's more that if you have stories about LGBTQ people, uh, kids, what have mm. you, and you normalize it, then when I tell my kids that those people are evil, they won't understand and they will no longer follow my religion. That's the indoctrination. You're oh, okay. indoctrinating so that's, so, them so that these people are normal. Right. So my, 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 my question is moot because they're lying. Yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, okay, no, that yes, makes, that makes yes, way no, more yeah, sense. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no, you know, They're not really worried about their they're children. They're not good faith actors. Mm, they yeah. are just straight up lying. Okay, they just don't yeah. want it to be normalized. Okay, that well, makes way more correct. sense. I mean, a conversation with, you know, a, a, a unnamed relative would seem to indicate that some people think that children can be swayed. Sure. I, just yes. by conversation. I'm not saying it's one or the other, it's both. Right, it's both, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I was with you, Ray. I thought Jared was asking for the truth, not that mm. some people are fooled by the <laughs> power of persuasion uh -oh. that the gays really are after our kids because there aren't enough gays, so they have to trick our kids into being gay because right. mm. they can't make their own gays. I think a large part of it is they know that a certain population is gay, but they if they get them young enough, they can force them into the closet and make them stay there. Hmm. I think Joshua just got convinced that he's gay. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> He looked so at it's also probably maybe a little bit of like, I don't want to suffer the embarrassment of having a gay child one day. Oh, yeah. That's definitely part yeah. of it. Yeah. Because then there's something wrong. Because like, maybe I'm gay then. Right. You know, like, what did I do to make a gay child? What did you do wrong that your child is gay? Yeah. Because it's not genetic. Nope. So I had to have done something. Did I let him play with a doll? Yeah. I might have let him play with a doll. <laughs> did I give him um, a, a yellow t-shirt instead of a blue t-shirt one yeah. time? Oh, my God. Too much pink in the house. Too much pink. <laughs> yeah. What a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Final final religious nonsense. Uh, Texas chaplains in Texas are asking public school boards to uh, to go against their the Texas new chaplaincy program. So mm -hmm. according to the new law, Senate Bill 763 is going into effect on September 1st. The law allows districts to vote on whether to create a chaplaincy program within their district. And what this would be is a religious person, a chaplain, at your school instead of a guidance counselor. Instead of? Uh, yes, that's that's that seems to mm. be. I think it could be either instead of or with. With, I'm, okay. I'm a little less against, but it's, it's still having a chaplain, a state paid uh, chaplain at a public school. I don't think that's right. But mm -mm. this was a group of a hundred chaplains saying, "Please don't do that." Mm -hmm. 
school districts, please don't do anything with this. We are not trained. Uh, a chaplain's program does not do any training on how to handle adolescent students. Like, specifically, there are things that a guidance counselor is trained in that we are not. And our history of handling adolescents is not really good. <laughs> Strangely, they didn't use that as an argument. <laughs> However, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we would rather not have to declare bankruptcy again. It's so much paperwork. <laughs> Can we not do that? <laughs> the quote from the, uh, the letter, as trained chaplains, we are not qualified for these duties. We cooperate with mental health counselors. We do not compete with them. Further professions which help children with sensitive matters, such as therapists and police investigators, typically, typically require special training on how to inter interview and treat juveniles. Few chaplains have this expertise. Like, they're being real upfront with this. Please don't make any of our people do it. And by make, <laughs> if there's a chaplain who wants to do this, please don't let them. Mm. And it's they're just, not qualified. I, again, though, this is coming from chaplains. This is not... Yeah. Coming from an atheist group. That's hilarious. Hmm. At least some churches and some religious people are understanding that, um, all right, things have gone too far. <laughs> Don't throw red meat into that wolf den. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The very final thing that I have, we're going late, but uh, I did want to mention, we did mention previously the Loch Ness Gathering. They, uh, they put out a call for people who wanted to search for Nessie in Loch Ness. Uh, that was this last weekend. How weird. I didn't hear anything that they found anything. <laughs> How did it go? Uh, about what you'd expect. We got him! <laughs> yes. We finally got him! <laughs> so, uh, what was it? Volunteers, hundreds of volunteers, uh, located around the 23-mile-long lake, monitored any signs of Nessie. A hydrophone was used to detect acoustic signals under the water. They said that they heard something. They heard four distinctive <laughs> gloops, which they got all excited about, and they ran to make sure that the recorder was, was you know, recording, and it wasn't plugged in. Ah, uh, so they heard the gloops, but yeah. they didn't record the gloops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if they did, I mean, what? Gloop. <laughs> yeah. Could be anything. I said gloop. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all they had. Four gloops. And they, they don't even recorded. have that, because they didn't plug in the recorder. At least, you know, it was a professional group. <laughs> so the waves were real choppy. The rain was really coming down. But there were a lot of boats on the water. I'm sure that if there was a dinosaur living in this lake, that uh, that would not be the time to surface. That's true. Anyway, I just found it amusing. They couldn't even get the recording right. Kind of sad. Yeah. I feel like you're making fun of these people. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Ian. Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> You gonna stand for this? <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Um. So my Mega Millions dream, Ian, is you and me traveling the world looking for cryptids. That's uh, my Mega Millions dream. <laughs> I love cryptozoology. It's one of my absolute favorite hobbies. Like I said, I was I was genuinely scouring Lake Champlain when I was up there to see if I could see Champ. Uh, I would love to find the Loch Ness monster. I also. <laughs> Almost as much as I love cryptozoology, I love science. <laughs> and they are at terrible odds. <laughs> the amount of Loch 
of Nessies that you would need to make a sustained breeding population mm. to think that it could even be possible. It's it's just not possible. <laughs> no. Well, again, like, surely of the uh, like, because you need at least fifty. Yeah, but five hundred like, would be ideal. Like fifty, they would last for maybe a generation or two and then go extinct again. So, like of the fifty, someone would have seen one. But I feel like what like. I mean, I hope that all the people who went to this were not true believers. Some of them were just trying to have a good time and get drunk and pretend to look for the Loch Ness Monster, you know? Yeah. And, like, because, like, if you told me you heard four gloops and I was on the boat, I'd be like, so what? Like, <laughs> like that's not fun. I want a picture. Right. right. A fake picture, but I want a picture. <laughs> And Joshua, no, Gwyneth Paltrow is not going to sue them. They heard gloops, not goops. Mm. <laughs> All right, that that's all I got. Do you guys have anything else? <laughs> no, I feel uh, like that was no a- only to tell Grinch, uh, I also do love the Mothman. Thank you. And I quietly took the quiz that you posted in Discord. Uh, I don't know how to read it because I don't know what the top word is. What does... Uh-oh, I got a pop-up ad. I don't know what allosexual means. Allo. Sorry, when he, he posted this... this uh, sexual orientation quiz, and when you get your results... It's it's on a little it's a it's a four squares and the the top of the grid is allosexual the bottom is asexual and then one side is homosexual and the other side is heterosexual and I'm, I'm I am embarrassed to say I am in the top right hand corner of allosexual and heterosexual <laughs> I mean I couldn't be more it was I don't know I don't trust this test but. I also trust this test completely. <laughs> <laughs> it says allosexual. Sorry, I thought I was becoming like more progressive and thoughtful and things like that. And I was like, nope, I'm just a big meathead who thinks with my dick. <laughs> allosexual <laughs> means the person enjoys sex and feels sexual attraction. Okay. So. There you go. I love to smash and I like to smash chicks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, test. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad we had a test to search through and make sure <laughs> that we be, knew that about Ian. You should be thanking Revenge of the Nerds for that. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Joshua's right. Apparently I need more indoctrination. <laughs> Just right. bouncing oh. off of me like brain X. It's crazy. <laughs> I am going to see if I can wrap up without getting into a coughing fit. Uh. Okay. <laughs> so that's all we've got for this week. I uh, want to start off by thanking our patron for supporting the podcast, especially those of you who could be with us tonight. Big old grumpy wolf. Grinch, Hessian Gixon, Hypatia, and Joshua, we do appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the support. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, there are several ways that you can support it. Uh, you could join them on Patreon, or you could share the podcast on social media, or leave a review for us wherever you happen to listen, uh, especially iTunes and SoundCloud. Those are the big hitters. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can on our Facebook page or tweeting at ProfaneArg. Also, I'd like to encourage people to check out the soon-to-be-named network. It's a podcasting network of which we are a member. You can find all the podcasts at soontobenamednetwork.com. Again, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you, good night, and may your God go with you.